You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Today's guest of The Political Periscope is Piotr Naimski, former plenipotentiary of the government of Poland for the strategic energy infrastructure. Political Periscope Russian aggression against Ukraine pushed European countries towards embargo on Russian energy resources. Of course, it's not full embargo right now, but we are gradually getting there, probably, most probably. But in some time, the war will be over. And do you think it will ever be possible to get back to business as usual in the field of energy resources with Russia in two years, five years, maybe 10 years? First of all, we should uh, remember that Russians they are using energy export as political tool. And they started to prepare invasion on Ukraine uh, several months before, in 2021, maneuvering on uh, energy market or markets uh, in Europe, diminishing uh, gas supplies. This uh, provoked a rise of prices, enormous rises of prices and uh, in consequence shortages of gas energy electric energy as well in western europe and uh, some countries they were better prepared for this some not uh, specifically germany which since several years was connected with the russian uh, gas supplies and dependent on russian gas supplies suffered probably the most in uh, poland we were on on the way to conclude our strategy of diversification of natural gas supplies to Poland. Fortunately, fortunately, the program started 2016, has been completed last year, autumn. I may say that we escaped from this direct Russian pressure in this area. But anyway, the consequences, I mean uh, repercussions from the European side after the aggression started in February last year, they were very gradual. Why? Because some countries, important countries, member states of European Union, they were and still they are dependent on Russian supplies, whether it was uh, gas supplies or fuel supplies or crude oil supplies, especially landlocked countries. They were in a very difficult position, like, for example, Hungary. Sometimes it's hard to understand the political stand of Hungarian government toward the aggression or war in Ukraine, but we have to take under consideration that they are in some aspects fully dependent on Russian supplies and this is hard to change or to replace in a short time. And the future? The war is over and do you think we are back to normal with Russia or? Many people, yeah. Many people, especially in the European political elites, they would like to return to business as usual with Russia. This is, you know, the tactic or long strategy to attract Russia toward, uh, let's say, democratization or uh, European project 
from Lisbon to Vladivostok, as uh, some politicians uh, used to, uh, <laughs> to, to think uh, a long time ago. This is real danger imminent danger because uh, this relation, this dependency on uh, Russian supplies I mean, results in uh, European weakness. Europe is not prepared to play a role of the independent political identity globally. This is what we see today. Europe is not prepared, is not able to reach common position against uh, Russia attacking one of the European states. This is really something which should give European politicians arguments to think about, you know, the real deep changes. I don't know whether it will happen because many of them in Berlin, in Paris, specifically, they have a hope that uh, these turbulences on the East will be over soon or sooner or later, but anyway, after it will be possible to return to these relations as they were before. I think that the situation is, in a sense, similar to what we had uh, after really big crisis, global crisis or European crisis before, and uh, we are on a way, this is kind of a process toward uh, new geopolitical construction or reconstruction of Europe. This is very difficult and dangerous time for everybody in Europe. Speaking about geopolitics, some time ago I spoke to Minister Balash Orban and he said that uh, Hungary is somehow a victim because Europe treated the energy question as economy question, as business, not as a security question. And that's why there are no gas lines connecting Hungary and other countries from other direction, gas from other direction than Russia to Hungary. But let's leave um, Hungary for now and um, focus on Poland. We knew that the question of gas, the question of energy resources from Russia is a question of security. We knew it for years. Do you think that previous governments of Poland introduced some measures in their policies against uh, this threat? It was obvious for us in Poland, or at least uh, some of us in Poland, already in the late 80s or uh, early 90s of uh, 20th century, so 30 or more than 30 years ago, that Russian uh, energy uh, material supplies uh, is questioned not only of economy but uh, security, because energy security is part of uh, the security. It wasn't clear for people at that time because, uh, you know, this split between economic side of uh, gas or coal or or crude oil supplies and energy production was uh, in a sense separated from the international affairs or geopolitics, things like that. This is in a sense interesting because some, at least politicians or intellectuals, should remember that the competition for coal was important on a political level also before First World War. So in a sense it returned this problem in the end of 20th century. So in Poland, we decided to diversify supplies because we the heritage from the communist past was that 100% of crude oil and almost 100% of gas was coming from Russia. We in Poland are still in a better 
position because of coal deposits, hard coal deposits, also lignite deposits in Poland. So our energy production, electric energy production is based still on coal, almost about 70% of energy is being produced in Poland on coal. So this dependence on imported materials like gas is less important than in countries like Hungary, for example, already mentioned. So this tactic, this strategy of diversification took us needed 30 years to be really completed and executed. The Yamau contract signed, unfortunately, by one of the first governments after 1989 in Poland stayed for 30 years and was ended last year. And uh, we have a pipeline connecting Poland with the Norwegian gas fields through Denmark under Baltic Sea. So this problem is solved. But the energy issue, the energy problems are not solved yet because uh, we have a problem with decarbonization with the mix of climate and energy policies energy means directly security policy it needs security policy still going on discussions between people being rather connected with uh, climate issues and uh, those who are responsible for secure energy supplies and uh, low cost of uh, energy because money is also important in this game. Poland is in a position, in a situation which is really difficult because on one side we are pressed to phase out coal sector in Poland, coal energy sector. On the other side, the renewables, they need a lot of money, investments. Renewables is not the solution for everything because it needs these sources, renewable sources, they need backups, they need balancing with base load possibilities of uh, energy generations. It means that, and this is today, it seems that this argument prevails that there is a need to combine renewables and nuclear energy. This is what uh, is going on in uh, many countries, this strategy, in a sense, new strategy, because nuclear was not recognized as, uh, let's say, green energy, but because of necessities, is now being approved country by country. Recently, in Sweden, for example, in Sweden, they have uh, 30%, already 30% of energy being produced on nuclear. And uh, last week, or 10 days ago in Sweden, the government relaxed regulations on new NPPs, nuclear power plants. So there is possibility, open possibility in Sweden to build new ones. Same is going on in Britain, same is also in the United States, but, but there they rather press toward new nuclear technologies rather than these traditional, if I may say. So in Poland, we have this program of building nuclear power plants, 20 years program decided by the government. Preparations started already. We have intergovernmental agreement with the American government on that. Westinghouse technology, uh, AP1000, has been approved for first NPP in Poland. Those plants are very ambitious, the nuclear plants of Poland. But speaking about the uh, cost of energy, as you mentioned, this is a thing that uh, 
really well scarce customers, uh, normal uh, normal people, uh, because uh, the cost of LNG and cost of uh, gas uh, coming from Denmark, uh, Denmark or Norway via Baltic pipe is higher than the cost of uh, gas uh, from Russia. No, no, this is not true. This is not true. Gas coming from or through Baltic pipe or LNG terminal in Świnoujście is priced on the market global market. And uh, usually Russian supplies, when they were monopolistic supplies, they were most costly than others. It was kind of a paradox. Many people couldn't believe that uh, Russian gas in Poland was much more expensive than same Russian gas sold in Germany. Why? Because we didn't have alternative. And uh, this is a simple game. <laughs> we have plans to enlarge to build new uh, new nuclear power plants we, we don't have any at the same time germany or netherlands they are shutting down their own no no f no no false in netherlands they decided to build new npp they have one and they decided to build another another one so netherlands is another example of change in this area in germany yes germany is something specific they have this energy vendor strategy they decided to shut down nuclear power plants being pressed last year they extended this deadline for npps we'll see what will happen next because uh, there's a question of certain practicalities and reason. <laughs> exactly. What's what's the reason behind it? What's the reasoning behind shutting nuclear power plants in Germany? They are efficient, they ideology, are cheap. Ideology. Ideology and uh, based on this or vice versa, on this ideology, economic arguments. You see, a lot of money has been invested into renewables, into green energy, you know, wind or photovoltaic and, and others. And this money they want to have a return. And uh, any other possibility of production, energy production, is simple competition. So there is a competition between technologies and between different interests, economic money interests as well. <laughs> Do you think that the renewable energy is a solution? Uh, I mean, we are still digging the earth, but uh, not for uh, gas and coal, but for rare metals to make batteries, to make photovoltaics. Okay, this is another side of this story. Dependence on uh, simple uh, energy materials like coal, natural gas or oil is being replaced uh, by dependence on rare minerals. For example, the last information from Sweden, because this is not new. Swiss, they knew that they may have uh, such uh, deposits of rare materials uh, on the north, but uh, recently it was announced uh, formally and publicly. It It means that in Europe the possibility is opening for competition in this field as well because so far so far these new industries are dependent in great percentage on Chinese supplies but there is still a question again the question about cost effectivity yes but uh, you see events like or crises like like war in Ukraine they give arguments toward uh, security of energy supplies 
and uh, it has to be a mixture of economic and security arguments and kind of a compromise and balance uh, between them. Let's get uh, back to the Hungary we left on the side. What is the solution for such countries as Hungary, Slovakia, Czech Republic? Do you think that Poland could become a gas hub for the region? First of all, it lies on uh, strategic decision or decisions uh, in these uh, countries. Uh, once again, the governments, they have to consider, they have to think about uh, security of supplies, politics, security, geopolitics uh, more, not uh, sticking only to economic side. And, uh, you know, the idea that... Uh, Peace and stability and uh, situation as it was uh, could uh, be prolonged forever collapsed. So first of all, there are political decisions, then investments. Actually, in practice, we do have now connection, gas pipeline connection with Hungary if Hungarians would like to use it. Because we have interconnector with Slovakia and there is an interconnector between Hungary and Slovakia. So there is theoretical possibility to send gas from Norwegian field to Hungary. Of course, always there's a question of money, cost, money and balance between security and cost. What do you think are the current and future most important goals for Poland to shape our energy security? We have to proceed with strategy of diversification, not only raw materials, so natural gas, crude oil uh, supplies, diversification, but also technology diversification. We shouldn't rely on one, let's say, renewable or nuclear or other technology. We should have a secure mix of technologies as well. So when we decided this program for new uh, nuclear power plants, it says that uh, by 40s, so 2043-45, we may have 20-25% uh, of energy produced on nuclear and we should have uh, renewables, specifically, basically, sea farms. Uh, this is what is more effective and uh, has better chance uh, in competition. But also, we should reconsider this uh, strategy toward coal in Poland, because, you know, having own coal deposits from security side, we should uh, keep for a long time, at least part of the production of uh, energy on coal in Poland. So these existing power plants on coal, they should be operational for, I mean, not being phased out because economic arguments, but stay up to technological existence or possibilities, which will give us more time for other investments, for preparation. You know, my opinion is that it's really hard to describe today what will be the result in general, not only in Poland, of this energy transformation by 2050. You know, this is, uh, I mean, beyond analytical possibilities in my 
opinion today. But anyway, the direction is toward growing renewables and the diminishing uh, traditional coal or even gas energy because uh, you know in Poland we have okay we diversified gas supply but still this is imported gas right so there is no reason in Poland to replace uh, everything with gas uh, we should stay on a certain level secure level uh, once again treating uh, gas as part of the mix and not the solution for everything last question Speaking about this transformation, the world seems to go towards electricity. And uh, is our electrical grid, our electrical infrastructure ready for this transformation? There are two parts of electric grid in the country. First one, this is uh, transmission of energy through high voltage uh, lines. And uh, this is responsibility of our operator, PSC. And this is not in a bad condition. It needs new investments. Why? Because uh, the first place for nuclear power plant is uh, on the north uh, and it needs to be connected with the grid, national grid and the offshore wind farms. Uh, also, they will have to be connected. So it will need really big investments in uh, high voltage lines. The other part is distribution and distribution lines. And this part needs a lot, a lot of investment and the responsibility lies on energy companies. And uh, sometimes, you know, with bad weather, high, uh, strong wind or, or, or something like that, we have a series of households even being cut off from electricity supplies. And this is because of distribution lines which are sometimes in some regions old and need replacement. Is there anything you would like to add to say? The major problem or task is for the governments because security of energy supplies, this is responsibility of the governments in every country, in Poland and other countries in Europe. When somebody, mean the government, is responsible, needs tools. So, there is a certain in need, certain balance between centrally organized possibilities for investments, for decisions, and the market on the other side. Because we need a balance between energy market and uh, government's policies. And this is tricky. This is not easy, but we need it very much, and it needs responsibility from uh, both sides. Thank you very much. Thank you. This was the Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m. 